Hey, welcome back to the show, everyone. This is your host, Ryan Kennedy. And today's episode is a little bit different. It's actually an interview where I'm in the hot seat being interviewed by my buddy, Daniel Hack, for his gratitude podcast, where I dive into a lot of functional medicine and natural strategies around alleviating depression. Part of his mission with gratitude is to help people who have died from suicide. And he's got an amazing brand, an amazing community. And he brought me on the show to really talk about some of the nutritional and uh, other lifestyle things that can really be at the root cause to these neurochemical imbalances that can lead to issues like depression and anxiety and other mental and emotional health challenges so many people suffer from. And so we shared a lot of really good information on that episode. I wanted to share it out to all my listeners so that you can get info on gut health strategies and how to rebalance the microbiome and you know common nutrients that are missing when someone has depression so that in addition to working with the therapist and working on trauma and working on some of the psychological side of things you can also attack the physiological side and i've seen stellar stellar results with so many people over the years who've come to me for help with mild moderate or even severe depression and some of the strategies we've implemented to help them get better and so we share this in the episode. Hope you enjoy it. Welcome back to the Gratitude Podcast. I'm Daniel Hack here. We're excited to dive deep into our 5F series. Remember, with the Gratitude Podcast, we champion mental health, and we're diving into the 5Fs, which are a gauge of how to look at our lives within the pillars of faith, family, fitness, finances, and fun. When it comes to fitness, a lot of times people just think of like doing curls at the gym, or maybe even if you look at fitness and health together, that it's talking to a therapist. But I have my good friend Ryan Kennedy here, and we're going to talk about how your physical health or your physiology relates to your mental health. So Ryan is a natural health practitioner. He's also, and that's, uh, I almost think that limits, Ryan has an extensive knowledge in so many different areas. And one of the things that I love about you is that you practice all of these things that if you see it if you come to your house and see the different dynamics but you're actually living these things each and every day and continuing to learn and grow but you don't only learn for yourself you learn to be able to help the people around you your clients your friends or even your neighbor uh, who may see you so i just want to honor you for that and excited to talk a little bit more so can you tell us a little bit about how physiology relates to mental health Appreciate you having me, Daniel, and the kind words, brother. So most people, when they think mental health, they're like, talk therapy. I got to go see a psychiatrist or a psychologist. I got to figure out what's wrong up here. And those things have their place in time. They have a lot of benefits. I'm not against talk therapy. I'm not against these modalities. But what a lot of people don't realize is when it comes to depression or anxiety or some of these mental health challenges that a lot of people suffer from, like depression is the number one leading cause of disability worldwide. Like wow. hundreds and hundreds of millions of people suffer from depression. A lot of times it's a chemical imbalance. Hmm. It doesn't have to solely do with talking their life through with the therapist and talking through their trauma. That's one component. But the component I focus on is really the chemical imbalances that are leading to the depression in the first place. And it almost always ties back to imbalances in the microbiome because our gut is where the majority of neurotransmitters are synthesized. So if you have gut imbalances, you're not producing adequate serotonin or dopamine or any of these other feel-good neurotransmitters. And 
that is oftentimes at the root cause of a lot of these issues people suffer from. And so I help people figure out what's imbalanced in their gut through functional medicine lab testing, what neurotransmitters they're low in, and then create protocols based on the data, based on what their body needs, based on what they're deficient in, what imbalances they have. And that is really what I've seen get to the root cause of these things. Wow. So can you dive a little bit deeper in, because as somebody who has so much knowledge and wisdom in this space, if I don't even know what microbiome means, or I've heard gut health and neurotransmitters, but don't actually know exactly what those things are, can you dive a little bit into those things so our listeners can have a better understanding of that? Your microbiome is the trillions of bacteria that reside in your intestinal tract. So there's a whole bunch of different bacteria, viruses, fungi, yeast, and different organisms that ultimately live and populate your small and large intestine, and even your mouth and other parts of the digestive system. And it's this microbial balance that really comes back to a lot of variables of our health, because our gut is at the foundation. Everything we eat is really digested through these processes, and if your gut health is not right, you're not able to digest all the nutrients you need. Our immune system, primarily resides in the microbiome. So if you have gut imbalances, your immune system is going to suffer. Wow. As I pre mentioned previously, our neurotransmitters and a lot of uh, chemicals in our brain are produced in the gut. And the list goes on and on, dude. I mean, the plethora of things that are tied back to the microbiome, especially as a lot of this research has been emerging in the last decade or two, it's mind blowing. You know, it all comes back to the gut for the most part, like a lot of issues come back to gut health. And what I do is I really look at uh, one of my favorite lab tests for this is called an organic acids test. Most people, when you say this, they've never heard of it. And it's measuring all these gut microbial markers that you can't get through blood work. Mm -hmm. So if you go to your doctor, Daniel, you go to your medical doctor and you're like, doc, I got issues, dude. My gut, like I'm, I'm bloated after I eat. I'm gassy. I got foul smelling farts. Like I don't feel good after I eat. I you know, feel like lethargic and fatigued. And he's going to be like, Daniel, you're fucking fine. You know, he's, he's ultimately not going to take it very seriously and he might prescribe like some gas X, he might prescribe some sort of, you know, uh, thing for heartburn if that's what you have. Let's say you have some gastric, uh, some, you know, GERD, some reflux. He's gonna prescribe drugs to help lower acid in the gut, which is the opposite of what you should do. Terrible advice. But he doesn't really have any tests to assess what is imbalanced in your gut that's causing the issues. Your body's not deficient in gas X. Your body's not deficient in these pharmaceuticals, but there is a reason why you, you're having these symptoms and they are oftentimes paved the way to bigger problems and chronic illness and other things. So the test I use measures your microbial markers and can accurately diagnose. Do you have a candida or yeast overgrowth? Do you have a fungal overgrowth? Do you have mold or mycotoxin exposure? Do you have what's called SIBO, small intestinal bacteria overgrowth, where there's too much bacteria in the small intestine? Do you have clostridia bacteria? And it, kind of looks at a lot of these common culprits, a lot of these common overgrowths and imbalances and pathogens that more often than not are at the root cause of people's gut issues, whether it's like IBS, whether it's, like I mentioned, more uh, mild symptoms that are just annoying and people don't like, whether it's, you know, something really serious to where it's you're on the toilet 15 times a day. You know, these things happen to a lot of people and they'll go see all these, you know, you know specialists, these gastroenterologists who, We'll just kind of do these scopes and these tests and be like, I don't know, you got IBS. It's, we don't know what causes it and we don't really know how to fix it. And it drives me crazy, dude, because these people see all these specialists 
all to tell them you have irritable bowels. It's like, obviously they got irritable <laughs> bowels. That's why they're there. Like, I already know that. Yeah, they already know that. So how is that a helpful diagnosis to just say you got irritable bowel syndrome? It's yeah, like, tell no, that no to shit. my toilet. Yeah, no, no shit, dude. You should see my bathroom. So that is a big part of what I do is I run this test called the organic acids test. And it tells me what is imbalanced in your gut, in the person I'm working with. This test measures like 80 different markers. That's why I love it. It's one of the most comprehensive functional medicine labs I've ever seen. And I run it for almost every patient I work with. Because in addition to testing your gut markers, it measures your mitochondria health, it measures your vitamins, it measures your amino acids. So you're looking at your micronutrient levels. It also measures your neurotransmitters. So it tells you your levels of dopamine. Dopamine is one of the primary neurotransmitters for energy, focus, motivation, drive. It measures your serotonin. Serotonin is one of the primary neurotransmitters for mood and happiness. And you know, a lot of people that are depressed have low serotonin and low dopamine because you don't have any motivation. You don't have any drive. You don't have any of that excitement for life. You just feel dull. And then it measures your stress hormones like norepinephrine and epinephrine. It measures your oxalate sensitivity. It measures your mineral metabolism. It measures your detox pathways. It's super, super good, super comprehensive. So I like to run this test because then I have the data to know what's going on with your body. I can make some educated guesses, but once I have the data, we can objectively say, here's your imbalances, dude. Here's what's going on. And then from there, I can create protocols and say, hey, we should bring in these herbs, these enzymes, these probiotics, and these are the reasons why, and these are the things we're gonna bring back into balance. And when you do the targeted protocols based on the lab data, dude, people see phenomenal results because we're not just taking a shot in the dark, like, hey, take, try this probiotic off the shelf. It's like, well, if you have SIBO, you have too much bacteria, a probiotic is gonna make you worse, not better. And you gotta know what you're kind of up against in order to make the best guidance and give people the best strategies. 100%, I love what you say is when you're talking about the root cause, right? Because a lot of times in, like my mom was a nurse, so I grew up with ibuprofen about arms reach away. Yeah. And there's so many times that we treat the symptom rather yep. than the root cause. And I think a very tangible way to think about this is my mom would give me ibuprofen if I had a headache, she wouldn't ask me if I drank enough water. Sure. So now I look at, okay, what is causing that headache? What is it stress? Is it not enough sleep? Is it not enough water? So that I'm actually treating what is the root cause of it rather than going into the symptom, which I think is what happens when you got stuff like gas X or other things like that. And with your test, have you been able to see that you can actually see if somebody is depressed or anxious or struggles with some of those things or even confirm that through conversation like hey this person's depressed or, ang or has anxiety and then can you see that based off of the test that you do yeah so i could pretty much tell you what's going on just off the test data if wow. you gave me a test data with no one's name and no one's information no background info and i look at the data i can tell you like yeah oh, this person probably has mild to moderate depression this person probably has some digestive challenges. This person probably has low energy or fatigue throughout the day based on the markers. Now that's just one component. I don't just use the data, I also listen to the person. So I have them fill out my new patient intake forms. We have an initial consultation. I say, Daniel, what's going on, dude? Like, where are you looking to improve? What do you got going on? What are some of your health challenges? And I listen to you. And then I always go with what you're telling me and the data. You know, you don't just use one, one thing because as accurate as these tests could be, it doesn't mean that they're 100% correct 100% of the time. There's right. always gonna be some nuances. There's always gonna be some outliers. Uh, so I always listen to the person as well and see what you're doing. Like, oh, you're eating a bunch of sugar, drinking alcohol every night? Like, 
yeah, I think we, we know some of the culprits here. You know, we don't need a test to tell us like, hey, your lack of exercise and your lack of movement and sitting inside in front of a screen all day, that's why you feel like shit, dude. A lot of people, they, they're like, I don't know why I have this depression. And it's like, well, how often do you exercise? Oh, I don't exercise. Well, how often do you go outside in the sun? Oh, I don't go in the sun. I sit inside and play video games all day. I'm like, I'd be depressed too, dude. Like, that's a recipe for depression. And as soon as you start moving, you start getting some sensible sun exposure, you maybe do some heat therapy, like sauna sessions, some cold therapy. You also start to incorporate good nutritional practices. I think that could solve depression for upwards of 95% of people. Wow. There's always people that have some genetic de- de- um, predispositions. There's always people that have some other trauma and other things in their life that they do need to work through. I don't want to discount that. But most of the time, it's like, yeah, you work a job you hate, nine to five, Monday through Friday. You don't have a good relationship. You don't have a great community of friends. You don't exercise and move your body. You don't get outside in nature. It's like, do those things. You know, don't, like, don't try and find some silver bullet cure when you're not even doing the fundamentals. Like you're not even hitting the foundational elements that we know help humans to thrive. Right, and I think that's the silver bullet concept, right? Because I even remember there are certain periods of my life where I'm like, okay, well we have modern medicine. Shouldn't there just be a pill for this? And that was actually, that was a previous thought that actually was probably built through some of my upbringing. And my mom is an amazing person, she's an angel, but she was also taught in an industry that would teach her to you know, give this medicine or do this and treat the symptom. So that's what she was educated in, so that's what she did. Yep. Where it's actually, we have so much more of the power inside of us by the choices that we make. And, uh, and you dove into a, a few different areas of those things. If someone were to say, hey, I'm starting to feel this way, or um, what are some of the things, I know you said sensible sun exposure, that's something that, that has really hit home for me. So can you talk a little bit about that and maybe some other ways that people can build that gut health or that health and then um, as they want to dive deeper in of course i would think getting the test is always really powerful because you want to see the data and and be able to analyze that so you can continue to get better before i get into the strategies i want to talk about what's holding people back from actually doing that because if they're not going to implement the strategies they're not going to do them any good and the problem that a lot of people have is they have an if when fallacy if then hmm. fallacy, where essentially they'll say, yeah, I'll work out when I have more energy or hmm. I will go get some sunshine and go for a hike when I feel better. It's like, dude, no, you need to work out and feel and go outside in order to have more energy, in order to feel better. It'd be like saying, hey, Daniel, I'll start saving money once I'm rich. Right now I'm poor, so I'm not going to save money. But once I'm rich, I'll save some money. I'll do some investing, but not until I have millions of dollars. It's like, how do you think you get the millions of dollars? It's the same thing with your health. And so many of us adopt this fallacy of like, I'll do X when I get Y or when I have Y. Right. And it actually starts now. You got to do the thing in order to get the thing. Most people are like, once I get the thing, then I'll do the thing. Right. It's completely backwards. But that's human nature. That's how we think. And this is a really common fallacy in in health, in business, in relationships, in all aspects of life. So what would be a way that, okay, maybe I see, all right, I'm doing this if then or if when, what are some ways that that I can empower myself or hold myself accountable to kind of switching that that dynamic? Understanding the simple fact that in order to achieve the outcome you desire, you have to take action. 
Mm. You can't expect the outcome to then instigate the action. Right. It's completely backwards. So once you have the frame of reference of understanding, I'm looking at this completely backwards, I need to take action even if I don't feel like it. I need to go out and move even if I don't want to, because then I will feel better. Then I will build that self-confidence. I will build that discipline. I will build that willpower because these things are built through actions. Mm. They're not just magically going to fall upon you from just, you know, wishful thinking. You have to go take action. And that's what also provides a lot of the happiness, dude, in our lives. At the end of the day, it's like we feel happiest when we're working towards something, when we're making progress, when we're making sacrifice, when we're putting in the effort, we're putting in the reps in life, in business, and everything. That's what, at the end of the day, makes you feel fucking good, dude. Yeah. It's like, I earned this. Right. And a lot of people like wish, like, oh, I just wish I won the lottery. I just wish I got this, you know, thing just dropped on me. People who do get that almost never appreciate it and it almost never makes them happier. Whereas the people that earn it, that work for it, that actually attain it through hard work, they're the ones that actually reap the benefits. They're the ones that can actually say like, yes, I'm a better person because of this. I'm happier because of this. Because they've built the confidence and the self-respect to say, yeah, I didn't want to wake up early. I didn't want to work out. I didn't want to grow my business. I didn't want to make those cold calls. I didn't want to do this or that. But I did it anyways, and here I am. Yeah, the, the juice is really in that action, taking that step. And how many times are we fearful of whatever that result is? Maybe I'm not enough, or I'm uncomfortable, or whatever it is to be able to then take that action. Like, I, as I continue to learn this, I will see times where there are things that I'm fearful of. So dancing has always been something that was this, something I was self-conscious of. So as I continue to, to build this muscle of going after and taking the action rather than, okay, I'm not gonna do this or I'm gonna stay home. So a couple weeks ago, some people did a random dance party at a sunset in Encinitas and I was a little uncomfortable and I saw them and I was like, I wanted to, but then I was like, oh, you know, I'm not very good at dancing. Uh, and so what I did is I actually drove, I went home with my, or I took my friend home and I said, no, that's not the person that I am. That's not the person I want to be. So I drove back and went and joined the dance circle there. And they all started clapping right when I came in. And it was such a powerful experience because I always look at the way I feel after that, right? To be able to actually have taken that action, to do something that's uncomfortable so that I could build that confidence in myself. Because who knows what other area I'm doing that. Dancing's not, you know, not something that, that is, you would think would be an astronomical difference or that specific situation, but I think that translates to so many different areas in life. Most people with that example would say, I'll dance at a wedding or I'll dance you know, with friends once I'm good at dancing. When I get good at dancing, then I'll go dance. Right. It's like, how the hell are you gonna get good if you don't <laughs> go fucking dance, dude? And so that's, the, that's a perfect example of like, you just gotta do it and then you'll get good at it. Right. And it's these micro decisions that really accumulate and compound. So a lot of people will be like, well, if I skip one workout, what's the big deal? If I have one bad meal, what's the big deal? If I eat one clean meal, it's not going to make me healthy overnight. No, it won't. But day in, day out, those decisions, those micro decisions throughout our day, those habits and routines and choices that we make, accumulate to make the impact, to have the result, to have the outcome that you want. So if you look at it just as like, well, it's just this one time, I'll skip this dance circle. I don't feel like doing it. You talk yourself out of it. Well, it's just this one time. I'll, 
you know, just stay inside and watch some TV instead of going out for a hike. Well, that is the exact thought process that keeps people stagnant. And there's nothing that creates depression and poor mental health more than being stagnant. We as humans want to grow. We want to evolve. We want to progress. And it doesn't matter where you're at. Doesn't matter where you're at in your fitness. Doesn't matter where you're at in your finances. Doesn't matter where you're at in your business. We always seek to get better. And it's that growth. It's that progress that makes us happy. That makes us fulfilled. That makes us feel good. And so I think that's a big component of it. Is it's like a lot of people feel like they're just unlucky. And they just, man, I'm depressed because, you know, that's what... God told me is, you know, I'm depressed because my parents were depressed and, you know, depression runs in my family and, you know, whatever stories they want to tell themselves. And in reality, it's you're depressed because you're not taking action. And as soon as you realize that and you start taking action in your life and start with little things, go for a walk outside for 10 minutes, do something simple to build that momentum and to get that process started. And then that will carry over into every other aspect of your life, every other decision you make and ultimately determine your self-worth. Wow. That's the key, dude, is you just got to go for it. You got to make moves. And it's one decision at a time, right? That decision to wake up and go on that walk or do that extra thing. And I love what you talked about of momentum there, right? So those are, those you, momentum is created by doing something that you say you're going to do by creating and actually doing those actions. And it may be something small to start, but then it keeps going and keeps going and you build that muscle. And I think that's so powerful. Um, what are some ways that you've seen uh, people to be able to create momentum in this area? Is it starting with something in the morning? Um, is it being aware through reflection? Morning is huge. I like the stoic philosophy saying, well begun is half done. Like if you start the, way, the day right, it carries you through the rest of the day and really helps you cultivate. When you anchor your mind, you anchor your body, you start with the right practices, the rest of the day becomes exponentially easier because you've already won the morning. And so I am a big uh, fan of doing the hard shit in the morning. And that's different for everyone. For someone that might be working out, they, they have trouble with fitness, they have trouble with exercise. So knock out your workout in the morning when you have the most willpower, the most discipline, the most mental bandwidth. Because if you try and save it after a long day of calls and meetings, and sitting in the office all day and you're like, yeah, I'll work out after work at five or 6 p.m. It's like, probably not, <laughs> you know, maybe, but probably not. So just get it done in the morning. Other people, like, I don't have as much trouble with fitness because I have such a positive association with exercise because of how much better it makes me feel and how in much improvement it brings to my quality of life that I exercise not because I'm like the most disciplined man in the world, but because I know it makes me feel freaking fantastic. And once you know that and you embody that, it becomes an easy choice. Because you're like, yeah, if I put in 30 minutes of hard work where I don't enjoy it and it's hard and it's difficult, but then the other 23 and a half hours of my day is infinitely better, that's a great ROI. Right. That's a great choice. To, that's a great use of my time, a great use of my effort, a great use of my energy. So for me, the hardest thing in the morning might be something business related. It might be something that I've been putting off or procrastinating that's going to move the needle with some other aspect of my life. And some days it might be exercise. You know, it all varies based on the person. There's a lot of people listening to this who might be super fit, but their bank account looks like shit and they're not good with their money and they're not good with their finances. There's other people that might be listening to this who are crushing it in business. They are super successful in terms of monetary value, but they're overweight. They're not happy with their body, their relationships in shambles, and they feel like shit. They got chronic inflammation and chronic pain and low energy. 
they got all this money. So for that person, you know, more of the fitness and nutrition is going to be the biggest thing. For another person who's like a bodybuilder, but you know, can barely afford to you know pay their bills, their business or their career might be more important. So we all have different areas of life we need to double down on. And I'm a big fan of starting with the harder shit, the shit that really is going to be the priority for you. And the only way you're going to know that is if you actually do some reflection and some thinking time to figure out what is the most important thing. And if you can't answer that question, then the most important thing you can do right in this moment is figure out what is the most important thing. So good. And so that's where a lot of people go wrong too, is they just don't have their priorities in check and they get tunnel vision, but they're like justifying it. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I might not be great with my workouts. I might be 50 pounds overweight, but you know, my business is three X this year. It's like, okay, that's good for you. But all the money in the world is not going to make you feel good about your fat body. No, I'm serious. Like a lot of people will, and I'm not a fan of this whole fat shaming thing one way or the other. It's not about shame. It's about what is going to provide you the most benefit in your life. How is, what can you do to enable yourself to tap into your true potential, to show up for the people you care about, to do the things you love in this world. And for most of us, I would say for every human, health, wellness, and fitness is the foundation that everything else is built off of. And a lot of us have been taught to chase money, to chase business at the sacrifice of our health. And I just don't think it needs to be that way. There's no reason you can't be healthy and fit and successful and financially well off. You know, I want it all. Exactly. Like we're man of abundance, Daniel. And you, and you really it's are. Not and you're or. so strong in each of these different areas. So I want to honor you for that. But I think that's why the five F's are powerful is because it's a way to be able to gauge our strength in these certain areas. The same way that you look at symptoms in health and then look at the root cause or where you need to spend your effort to maybe change something. Right. I think that's the same thing here. Right. Yep. Maybe if I'm strong in business then that's probably not the first thing I should do in the morning. That's the easy thing for me. I can go and make some calls. I can send some emails. Yep. I can build a pitch deck, whatever it is that I do for, for work to create value to the community and other people. But I put my workouts off. Well, if I look at the symptoms, which are the outputs of each of these different areas, maybe I adjust what I do in the morning so that I can grow in those different areas. So I think that's so powerful within that aspect. Um, one of the things that you talked about um, within mental health is you talked about how there are a number of different areas that could solve depression outside of um, trauma and talk therapy. So what are some of those things uh, that you think or that you've seen to really impact depression or, or lead to that? Because one of the things that I actually realized this through our conversation uh, which our viewers know this, my dad died by suicide back in 2010. And what actually broke him in the end was it was his third bout with depression. So he was able to overcome it the first two times. And one of the things that he said is, uh, and, and was that he was broken, that he had a chemical imbalance. And for a while I, I was like, okay, that, I don't know what that even means. So I, being the son and wanting to understand what was happening, looked at different things you know, I looked at trauma. Oh, he probably had trauma. He had a dad who was in the army and you know, there are different dynamics there. But as you were talking, I didn't even think about the fact that he probably never even worked with somebody like you or looked at his gut health or saw these different things that it could have been some of the things, the health wise that he was looking at. Cause he tried to change a lot of the external. He moved out of the city. He did these different things, but, um, 
there's, I think, so many more aspects within this space that we don't always think of. Yeah, I'd say the number one best healing strategy for mental health is sensible sun exposure. I'm a huge proponent of the sun as just a catalyst for bettering your entire mental and physical well-being. And the reason for this is because it's easy, dude. Like it's easy to go lay out in the sun. You don't have to lift weights. You don't have to go for a run. You don't have to do any hard shit. You can literally just go lay out in the sunshine. And the benefits that has to your health is miraculous. I mean, you get a release of beta endorphins that instantly boost your mood. It upregulates serotonin. It helps with your vitamin D3. It helps with melanin production. It helps with aligning your circadian rhythm so you have more energy, you have better sleep. It helps with balancing your hormones. You have right testosterone to estrogen balance. Literally anything you say, it's like, yep, the sun will help. Any aspect of your health, what's going on? Yep, some sensible sun exposure will help you, Daniel. And a lot of people have been misled to fear the sun because of the brainwashing in the Dermatology Institute. Oh, it's gonna cause skin cancer. Oh, it's gonna cause skin damage. But if you're doing what I call sensible sun exposure, meaning you're not going out on the weekend for five hours and getting burnt to a crisp, but you're actually getting adequate sun daily for an appropriate period of time based on your skin tone, based on the time of year, your, your location, I think that is one of the biggest things to move the needle. And so I've done entire episodes of this on my podcast about how to optimize the benefits without any downsides. But to sum it up into like a real quick spiel, get morning sun upon waking, go outside with no sunglasses on and soak in at least five to 10 minutes of morning sun, even if it's cloudy, that's gonna anchor that circadian rhythm and start to upregulate these neurotransmitters and these different endorphins and chemicals in the brain. Prioritize midday sun. This is when we synthesize the most vitamin D3. And this is when most people will tell you to stay inside, the sun's so intense, it's gonna burn you. It's like, yeah, don't go out for five hours, but how about you go out for 15 minutes? Because you're not gonna get sunburned in 10 or 15 minutes, even if you're fair skinned. And think of your body like a solar panel. The more skin you have exposed, the more benefits you're gonna receive. So I lay out naked in the sun every day during the midday, and I prioritize this. I build it into my schedule so I don't have calls between 12 and one, and I'm able to go outside and lay out on my back for 10 or 15 or 20 minutes and then flip over and lay out on my front for 10 or 15 or 20 minutes and soak in these healing rays, this infrared light from the sun to stimulate the mitochondria to enhance my health. And you feel so freaking good during this. And you could do a million things at the same time. You don't have to just be out there twiddling your thumbs, dude. You know, you could be answering emails, you could be on the phone, you could be reading a book, you could be listening to a podcast, you could be talking with a friend, you could be working out, you could be doing some yoga or some stretching, you could be going for a walk, you could be doing anything outside that you would normally do inside. Like, what are you doing inside? Go do it outside, just for 15 minutes, you know? And so that's a big thing. And then being outside for sunset is the third component. So, so morning light, midday sun, being outside for sunset, because the light spectrum at the end of the day is very unique in that it triggers to your brain that at the end of the, it is the end of the day. It triggers to your circadian rhythm. The day is ending, the night is beginning. Let's start to upregulate melatonin. Let's start to get yourself ready for sleep. And so that's a huge thing, massive. And then the other thing, I mean, there's a lot of things that can go into this list. I'll rattle off a few more, um, but I don't wanna overwhelm people by giving them 20 things to do because at the end of the day, you just need to take action on a couple and that's gonna get the, the spark lit. That's gonna get the bar rolling. So another thing I think is one of the best antidepressants is exercise. It's been shown to outperform every antidepressant drug on the market and it only has beneficial side effects. 
a lot of these SSRIs and other antidepressant pharmaceuticals have a lot of negative side effects and create a lot of dysfunction long-term for certain people. Exercise, the only side effect is you're gonna look better, you're gonna have more energy, you're gonna have better sex drive and sexual performance, and you're gonna feel better about yourself in every way. Those are some pretty damn good side effects. Right. And it's gonna massively boost your mental health and your, your state of mind. So I love that. Any form of exercise, I think resistance training is the most important for, for people. But if you like cardio, do cardio. If you like HIIT training, do HIIT training. If you like walking, go for a walk. All of it's great. All of it has its own set of benefits. And a combination of all types of exercises is, is the best. You know, it's not like one, one way is the best way. It's like, yeah, do some weightlifting and do some walking and do some cardio and you get the best of all worlds. Like easy as that. It doesn't have to be a lot either. People think if they can't do an hour workout, what's the point? It's like, no, I, my workouts typically, I mean, you've done some of my workouts a lot, Daniel. They're like 10 to 15 minute routines. I'm not killing myself in the gym. There are days where I, I like to hit it harder. I like to do more volume and more intensity. But a lot of days, I'll just do what I call the minimum effective dose to training, which is like one set of five or six different exercises and you're done. Super easy. You know, and, it, and the lower that barrier of entry is, the lower that uh, entry point is where you go into the workout thinking, I just got to do one set of a few exercises. I'm going to crank out some push-ups, Then I'm going to do some bodyweight squats. Then I might do a few lunges and some, some, some crunches and call it a day. When you go into it with that mindset, it's a lot easier to do. Then when you go into the, the mindset, like I got to do four sets of bench press. Oh, then I got to go do five sets of triceps and then I got my shoulder press and then I have this and this and this and it, yeah, it's going to be like, you know, 75 minutes of working out at the gym. So I got to drive to the gym. I got to look presentable because I'm going to be in public. I'm like, no, 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 no. Screw that stuff. Work out at home and do 10 or 15 minutes. And once you get to a more advanced level, yeah, if you like heavier weights, go to the gym. If you like longer workouts, amazing. More volume is, is fine. But start small so that you don't talk yourself out of it because the consistency is the most important thing, dude. And that's one of the, I will say, once I learned when you taught me this type of workout, the minimum effective dose, what I saw is that that internal conversation was so powerful because I wasn't able to make any excuse of, because it used to be, I need 45 minutes or an hour. Well, now it's like 15 minutes, right? Yep. Everybody has 15 minutes and it's, it's a great workout. So it's, it's a, that dynamic there of, okay, I'm not able to talk myself out of it. So now I'm going and I'll actually fit those workouts in and schedule them in at, at different times. I think I texted you the other day, like I did an RK workout uh, this morning before volleyball because I didn't have any time the rest of the day to be able to do my strength training. Yep. So I think that's so powerful within that. And that's the other fallacy that's really common. I don't have enough time. Mm. You don't have time not to exercise. That's the reality of it. You know a lot of successful entrepreneurs that run multiple companies. Do most of them exercise? I'd say 100% of them do. You know, we all have the same amount of time. You have the same amount of hours in the day as Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos and some of, quote, you know, some of probably the busiest people out there with the most obligation, the most responsibility, and the most stuff going on in their lives. And all of the top performers I know prioritize their fitness. They prioritize it because they know without it, everything else they do is going to be half-assed it's not gonna allow them to show up at their true potential in all of their meetings, all of their business activity, all of their relationships, all of the other things in life. So by spending a small amount of time, even if it is an hour, that's a small amount of time. Right. And every single person that'll tell you they don't have time, it's like, okay, I understand. 
I'm just curious. Pull up your Instagram app. How many hours did you spend on Instagram last week? I'm just curious. How, you know, how often do you watch TV? Do you watch any Netflix? Have you seen any shows lately? Keeping up with Game of Thrones? <laughs> it's like all the people that don't say they have enough time are also doing a lot of this bullshit. That they're just, it's not that they don't have time, it's that they don't prioritize the time. Right. And that they, you know, do a bunch of these activities, which I'm not against them. I watch TV time, you know, from time to time. I go on social media. I'm not perfect, but I also don't lie to myself. I don't say like, oh, I don't have time for meditation. I don't have time for exercise. Because we all have time. Right. It's just you're not prioritizing it right. And that's why... I think there's a difference between busy and full. Busy is you're just doing things, like filling it with some of those other other tasks or uh, whether it be Game of Thrones or social media or different things. But what we can do is, I love what you say there, is priorities. And so if we're going to prioritize something, we're either doing it in the morning or we're scheduling it in. Yep. So I love what you talk about even of if sensible sun exposure and habit stacking, right? Yeah. If I'm gonna, you know, for me, beach volleyball is my passion and I wanna continue to get more flexible. So I'm like, I've been stretching in my living room, what am I doing? Go outside, have that as a middle of the day, right after I eat lunch, so that I do that, because you talk about movement after meals, so I always wanna make sure that I'm moving after I eat. So there's just a lot of ways that you can habit stack or schedule it in so that it is a priority in your life. Yeah, and you could schedule it in a lot of ways. Like if you're already talking on the phone for a couple hours a day, walk and talk. Walk and talk outside. Walk and talk outside while you're also, you know, getting a bunch of these other benefits. Like there's so many ways that you can incorporate these activities without carving out specific time just for that. You're already doing stuff that you could just do in a different environment, different set and setting to optimize all these benefits. And you know, like your stretching example, I was the same way. I was like, man, I should do more stretching. It's one of my weaknesses. So every day, I pretty much daily, I use the sauna. Well, now I stretch in the sauna. And while I'm stretching in the sauna, I do some breath work. And so I'm tackling all these different things all in the same 30 minute block. And it doesn't have to be super time consuming. Um, so, so those are some top ones. Exercise, sun exposure, huge. Nutrition is big, because like we talked about, a lot of the vitamins, minerals, amino acids, fatty acids, these are the precursors to the neurotransmitters and the different neurochemicals that ultimately dictate our mental state, dictate our happiness, dictate our levels of stress or our levels of anxiety or our levels of um, you know, motivation or energy. So I'm a big fan of not eating dog shit food. Not don't don't eat a bunch of garbage food like it's it's not rocket science, but that one is hard for a lot of people because we're programmed. We're genetically programmed as humans to eat hyper palatable food. It's part of our, our DNA because that's been a survival mechanism that when we come into contact with sweet food or we come into contact with really a delicious food, you eat a lot of it because historically speaking, humans didn't always have access to food. So when you had access to food, you filled up because you didn't know when your next meal was coming. Obviously, that's not the case anymore. We all pretty much have refrigerators, access to food 24 seven. There's no shortage of food for most of us with obviously some exceptions in, in uh, you know, other countries where there is a shortage of food. But for most people watching this, you probably don't have a shortage of food. The thing is people don't, again, it comes to perspective. It's like, what's more important to you, Daniel? Having a few brief moments of mouth pleasure or feeling fucking amazing all day, every day? Feeling amazing. It's an easy answer when you break it down like that. But if I were to put a 
some pizza in front of you, it wouldn't be so easy to make that call because you'd smell the pizza and you'd have this visceral visceral reaction where you're like, I just want a piece of that pizza. And then you justify it to yourself and you say, oh, it's okay, it's just this one time. I haven't had pizza in like a week or a month or whatever it is. And it's easy to talk yourself into justifying poor decisions. It's what humans do. Like it's just part of our, our psychology. And so you gotta come back to the deeper purpose and you also have to set yourself up for success. It can be challenging for a lot of people to like get done with work and then you gotta go shopping for ingredients, then you gotta cook, then you gotta clean, then you gotta do all this shit. It's like, yeah, that's a lot, no doubt about it. It's a lot easier just to order something on one of these food delivery apps and have food just show up. It's easier. It's more time efficient for a lot of people. It's just tastes better if you don't really know how to cook. But if you set yourself up for success by having some meal prep ready to go, some ingredients already prepped up, Maybe you already have in mind what you're gonna eat that day. So you plan and prepare, you massively improve your chances of success. And then because a lot of people have nutrient deficiencies, like B vitamins, vitamin D3, vitamin K2, magnesium, that paves the way to a lot of these different issues from a mental health perspective. And so I'm a huge fan of targeted, high quality supplementation. It's hard to get enough vitamins and minerals and micronutrients through your diet alone, even if you're eating super well, because our food has less micronutrient density than it used to have due to poor farming practices. Additionally, our lives are really stressful. We got a lot of stimulus. We got a lot of stuff going on in our modern world that drives the, it increases our need for these micronutrients. So I take vitamins and minerals and, and supplementation that helps to support my body's needs in conjunction with eating good food. I think that's the optimal way. And so I do lab testing, like I said, to measure people's vitamins, measure their nutrient levels, to determine like, yeah, you're very deficient in vitamin B6, or you're very deficient in some of these different nutrients. And that's a big thing. But even without testing, most people would just benefit from taking like a very high quality vitamin mineral complex. I could send you my favorite one that I, I recommend to most people. It's called Comprehensive Core. Okay. It's made by a company called Mother Earth Labs, MotherEarthLabs.com, Comprehensive Core. That's a great starting place just to kind of cover your bases. It's like nutritional insurance. Like get enough vitamin A, get enough vitamin C, get enough D3, get enough K2, get enough of these very important nutrients that in, even if your diet's perfect, you're probably not getting enough of all of them. And so those types of things are low hanging fruit as well because it's not hard to swallow a couple capsules a day. That's easy. That's easy for most people. And are all of those things in that mother's? Oh yeah, it's very comprehensive. It's a vitamin mineral complex that's just gonna cover your bases. And most multivitamins on the market are horrendous. Your men's one a day or women's one a day, your Centrum Silver. These are made by pharmaceutical companies with synthetic ingredients, toxic additives like preservatives, coloring agents, bunch of nonsense. I don't recommend you get your vitamins from Costco. Costco's great. Kirkland vitamins are not great. They're cheap as hell and you get what you pay for. And so I recommend getting organic food sourced, high quality vitamins that are gonna be in the bioavailable form that your body needs, that aren't gonna have a bunch of nonsense added to them. And that is what I mean when I say high quality targeted supplementation, not just going down to your local vitamin shop being like, oh, this looks good. Oh, it's probiotic. Wow, 50,000 CFUs, that seems high. Let me take this. Like what strains are in there? What are you low in? What microbial imbalances do you have? You need to know these things. And that's why I really promote working with a coach, working with a practitioner, working with someone that's really an expert in this stuff so that they can guide you 
into making these decisions because I don't expect people to go do hundreds of hours of research to figure out what they need and what's best for them. It's too much. Just like you would hire a business coach, just like you'd hire a personal trainer to learn how to do proper exercise form and to get your workouts in right. Just like you'd hire a physical therapist or a chiropractor if you tweak your back or have an injury. Just like you'd hire a surgeon if you needed a surgery. You're not gonna go figure out how to do surgery on yourself. That's an extreme example, but it still drives the point home in that we all need support. We all could benefit from expert guidance. We all could benefit from investing in ourselves. And that's where I think a lot of people slip up. They think I could figure it out. I could do this. I don't need to hire anyone. And then they, you know, dude, you're gonna like this one. It almost drives me crazy because a lot of people I'll talk to will be like, yo, Ryan, so I got like five grand to invest. What do you think of these cryptos? What do you think of this? What do you think of that? I'm like, five grand? Don't even bother, dude, invest in yourself. Go buy a course, hire a business coach. Like, what is it that you wanna do? What is it that you wanna accomplish? Find someone that's further ahead than you and hire them for their help to give you that guidance, that accountability, and that support so that you could ex- you can invest in yourself because that is gonna be the greatest ROI. 100%. And people are always like, yeah, yeah, I think this Dogecoin, man, I think I could double up. I'm like, okay, cool, so you invest 10K, you make 20. It seems like a great investment. Well, if you invest 10K into yourself, like going to conferences, joining masterminds, hiring coaches, doing things that are going to excel your growth trajectory, that's not gonna have 100% return. That is gonna have an infinite return. We're talking thousands and thousands of percent return. And that is something you can't lose on. Right. There's no way to lose if you invest in your health. If you invest in the stock market, if you invest in crypto, even if you invest in real estate, which is my preferred investment vehicle because I think it's one of the safest and most effective long-term, there's still a chance you have the downside risk. There's still a chance it doesn't work out and your upside is usually capped. There's usually only so much return you could actually make. When you invest in yourself, you invest in developing the skills and abilities and knowledge to better your life, dude, the upside's endless, it's limitless. And the downside is really nothing. Because even if you didn't, let's say you hire a shitty coach, well, you learned a lesson. So you either win or you learn. Win, win both ways. Yeah, it's so powerful. And the, the ROI on that is there's only return on investment. There's no downside. So And it carries over into everything else you do. Every endeavor, every opportunity, everything. And the foundation, like you said at the beginning, is the foundation of everything that we do within the five Fs. A lot of it really ties back to, are we in a place within our fitness, within our health to be able to grow in these areas, to be able to be in the mindset like the people use with depression or anxiety, the gray. Well, sometimes you don't even know you're in that until you're out of it. So I think it's so powerful to really invest in that, to be able to put the time into that because you can have such a huge return. Some of the, the people that I, look to most one of he uh this guy ken justo i said what's the one piece of advice you give your 30 year old self he said find a mentor find a coach find somebody who is ahead of you in the area that you want to be in and hire them because they're going to help you get there faster and better and to a higher level and it's something i've always stuck with me to this day that this guy is really successful in a number of different aspects of life has an amazing family business everything and that's the one piece of advice you'd give his 30-year-old self. So I think that's so powerful there. And so as we look at our health and our microbiome, I think what the, the what was it called, core complex? Comprehensive core, that. Comprehensive core, supplement. that's a start. But to really yeah. dive deeper <clears throat> into the microbiome, to be able to get the data, to be able to study those things, um, you have, we, what we did is we set up on Ryan's website, Ryan Kennedy Health forward slash gratitude. Don't put the at symbol just gratitude. 
what you can do is you can actually get that microbiome test and be able to get that data um, with that. So it's really powerful. So thank you for offering that to our guests. Was there anything else within when they sign up for that or when they go to that website that you wanted to share? If you order any lab testing for me, I include a consultation because I'm not going to give you these labs, Daniel, and you're going to have no idea what it means. You're going to order this test and be like, dude, this is like Chinese. Like, this is not like looking at typical blood markers where you're like, oh, yeah, my cholesterol is in the right range. My triglycerides are low. Not the same ballpark, dude. These are functional medicine metabolites that are very hard to figure out what they mean, let alone what you should do with the data. So anyone that orders testing, it comes with a 30-minute health consultation where I'll basically wow. say, here's what your data means. Here's the type of protocols you should go on based on these results. And then set you up for success in that regard. Um, because otherwise the test, similar to like having recommendations and then having failure to implement, having test data with no way to make sense of it or what to do with it is not gonna help anyone. Right, and if you go back to the time, we don't have the time. Sometimes people will say, hey, I'm gonna go and learn this thing or I'm gonna do this. I don't have the time to be able to get to the level that you do. Some people have asked, why am I taking this supplement? And I'll, I'll look at them and say, to be honest, I have no idea. Ryan Kennedy told me to, to, mm -hmm. to take this. And this yeah. because you spent the time, you have the knowledge, you have the wisdom, so you can help put me in a position to be successful based off of that. It's almost like delegating that aspect of it. So Ryan, I just really wanna thank you for your time, uh, your wisdom, the knowledge, and really go, taking the actions in a number of different areas and really teaching people through that to help pull other people up. Appreciate you, Daniel. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. If you found it helpful, please share it along to anyone else you believe it can serve. You can submit your own question to be answered on the show by going to ryankennedyhealth.com forward slash podcast. Be sure to subscribe and leave a review for the show. Your feedback helps to support me on my mission to positively impact as many people as possible with this information. Please note the information depicted in this episode is purely for informational purposes only. Please consult your healthcare professional before making any changes to your lifestyle or routine.